1: I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It is my honor, my Philby and my pleasure to be here with you today. Let's get straight to the show. Here we've got Daniel Turner on just shortly after we have a word of prayer. And I introduce him. For such a time as this, O gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you today asking for your forgiveness. Each day we need you. We thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Bless us this day and this hour that we might better serve you. Be with our President and our Vice President. Surround them with wise and godly counsel. I ask that you will give them the strength of great discernment in all matters. This nation is in a battle, O God. We are not fighting left and right, but it is truth and deception. It is evil versus good. We have strayed as a people, and it is my prayer that you will make us bold and courageous as we serve you to bring America home for such a time as this i pray amen the future that bernie sanders is powering up will be the demise of the future of this nation we the people will have no power we are on the we've had many leaders that have taken us down the socialist road but have drawn a few boundaries a very few boundaries but they have drawn a few boundaries but they stop at a certain point bernie sanders has no line. We no longer refer to us as the uh, republic. We fer- refer to, at least they scream it at us, that we're a democracy. But Sanders, he's changed that. Labeled it to socialist democracy, as if there was any such a thing, because the democracy is mob rule, and socialism is government rules over you. Socialism is about the politicians being the elite ruling class, Bernie with his millions because he worked in D.C., that's what he said on the debate stage, He was angered at the suggestion that he had more than most Americans, but Bernie is proof. He praises all those countries who have literally enslaved and impoverished their own citizens, but the ruling political class, well, they're doing just fine, just like Bernie and all those... Other elected folks in D.C., I'm ashamed to say on both sides of the aisle, it's only telling us, It's only t- I'm only telling you this so that you can raise your eyebrows and be aware each time another politician makes a promise to you. Each time they explain to you how necessary this or that is. Each time they tell you that climate change is an existential threat. Or that this president, President Donald Trump, is the most dangerous president we've ever had. He is an existential threat. <laughs> Who writes their speeches? You need to listen and watch carefully. Use common sense. We can always do better, but we should not be going backwards as the green little gods, that's a little g, would have you go. Daniel Turner is our guest today. We're always excited when he's here. He helps us see through the rhetoric and look at the hypocrisy in such things. He helps us power the future. Welcome back, Daniel. How are you doing today?
2: It is
3: always great to be with you, Beth Ann. Thank you and thanks to your wonderful listeners for uh liking you so much that you keep having me back.
1: <laughs> they get bored with me Daniel <laughs> they love I you they love Daniel <laughs> uh, Mindy Patterson is a regular guest once a month uh, she's with the Cavalry group she's fighting for uh, the craziness that's going on with the the radical animal rights groups and she says man I like Daniel Turner <laughs> you are well liked by like my listeners her.
3: <laughs> well, you have a wonderful sponsors, and Cavalry is, it does, does really wonderful, wonderful work. Um, because do, we're fighting the same battle. battles. We're fighting the battles of absolutely. ideological extremism. Yep.
1: Yes, absolutely. The fight is on every corner, you know, and it's, it it's taking all of us, all the little soldiers, <laughs> to fight this.
3: It is. And, and it's usually rooted in the same principles, which, as you just said in your intro to Bernie Sanders so eloquently, has the same root. It's hatred of private property. It's hatred of individual liberties. It's a love of huge centralized government. And uh, people should be frightened that Bernie is getting the support that he seems to be getting.
1: I have an article here, and I wondered if you had seen it. <clears throat> of course, he's praising all these, and he's praising Fidel Castro because he... He said it was a lot of folks in Cuba at that point who were illiterate. And the first thing that Castro did was initiate major literacy programs. And I'm thinking, you mean he took over the schools? He took over the children? (laughs) Is that what they're saying? (laughs) Because that's kind of what happened. But, you know, later in this, he's even praising China. He says that you can't deny that that. He says, I mean, the facts are clear. He said, China is an authoritarian country. He said, but we cannot deny, the, the, I mean, the fact is clear, that they have taken more people out of extreme poverty than any country in history. What China is he talking about? The one that we're always yeah. concerned about with slave labor and child labor? They take them out of the country and they put them into these these cities, they stack them on top of each other, and they force them to go to these uh, uh, factories and, and work for nothing. Is that the China he's talking about?
3: Exactly. And the middle class in China that has risen in the last generation or so is the middle class that was stolen from America, because people like Bernie Sanders, the uh, Washington elite, voted for trade policies, voted for... Uh, First Nation status, and so if there is any semblance of, of a quote-unquote growing middle class in China, it's not because it grew out of you know, hard work and ingenuity and, and, and uh, people, you know, inventing great ideas. It's because it was their jobs that were taken from Toledo and Rochester and Akron and great American cities that were shipped there because of low wages. Um, So he's, to the extent that China is growing, it's because America, under the last three presidents, was shrinking.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, my husband was telling me, of course, you know all about the coronavirus, and uh, that in the area there in China where this is the worst is also the worst smog. So these people that are are getting this coronavirus and having trouble uh, uh, surviving it, uh, their bodies their bodies are already their lungs are already compromised from the smog and and the pollution that they're dealing with there uh and yet you know people like sanders and a o c and and gore and and all these others that are pointing at the United States for being such a dirty country what are they talking about
3: yeah Exactly. They never point out the fact that where pollution is the worst and where things like poisonous emissions into the atmosphere are the worst are precisely Mm -hmm. in those countries. Um, And and yet, what do we do? We ban straws, right? We ban plastic (laughs) bags. We have all of these nonsensical rules placed on us without recognizing that we're not the problem.
1: You know, and we point fingers at the farmer. The farmer's the bad guy. Everybody in rural America, they're irredeemable, deplorables, you know. They know nothing. They're just, they have no brains. They walk around in their bib overalls and that you know, talk sl- slow and, and read slow and we just don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, they have such a misconception of American people.
2: Yeah,
3: crazy, highly insulting, um, but it shows you the elitists who are running for office, right? The way they talk about us, the way they talk about middle America, flyover country places like beautiful California, Missouri, etc. <laughs> uh, it, it, it does go to show that, and that's what we're up against. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of principles on the ballot this time. It's not just two people whether it's Trump versus whomever, there are principles about America, about human nature, and it's going to be a very interesting 2020.
1: It is. We're headed into a break. I want you to stay with me because I want to talk a little bit more about some of the details of what's going on with this nation and some of the things you've uncovered here in the last couple of weeks. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. If you want to call in and join us, I'm sure Daniel would welcome you at 877-895-5410. That's 877 895 410 visit power of the future that's powerofthefuture.com that's powerofthefuture.com let's bring some common sense and power the future And we will be right back
2: Don't miss Trey Gowdy, former congressman and federal prosecutor, when he comes to Jefferson City
3: for Vitae Foundation's 28th annual pro-life event on Monday, March 9th at the
2: Capitol Plaza Hotel. Gowdy is passionate about the value of life, and so is Vita Vita's messaging promotes a culture of life while connecting women facing unplanned pregnancies with life-saving resources.
3: Reserve your seat today for either the lunch or dinner on March 9th by going to adsforlife.org. That's adsforlife.org.
1: Hi, this is Beth Ann. At CSC Talk Radio, we love liberty and we value life. I encourage you to attend VTE Foundation's 28th Annual Pro-Life Event Monday, March 9th. Trey Gowdy is the speaker. There's a luncheon from noon to 1.30, and the evening dinner event begins at 6.30. All are held at the Capitol Plaza Hotel and Convention Center in Jefferson City, Missouri. Good food, great speaker. VTE's mission is life-saving and life-changing. Register now at adsforlife.org. That's adsforlife.org. You've all helped build My Pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. You can get deep discounts on MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener special. I use MyPillow and so does my husband. We sleep better and wake more refreshed, ready to conquer a new day. You can get deep discounts on MyPillow, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, Mike is bringing back the BOGO offer for the MyPillows. That's right. Buy one MyPillow and get another one absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener special and get deep discounts on MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free. Enter promo code BethAnn. Call 1-800-978-6168 for these great radio specials. We have returned to listening to CSU Talk Radio. This is Beth I'm visiting today with Daniel Turner. Today's show is brought to you by Power of the Future. He does that for us uh, several times throughout the month, and I really appreciate him being a sponsor of the show. And, and uh, we just absolutely love Daniel and uh, appreciate all that you're doing for Rural America. Uh, in reading one of your articles and knowing what's been going on in the last week, I, I assume you watched that fantastic Democrat debate on Tuesday last week, didn't you? I think it was Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? Yeah.
0: I did Whatever watch. there's was another
3: one tonight, so if, you ever, if you're bored...
1: <laughs> I guess I'll watch part of it if I can handle it. Who all's on stage tonight? tonight? Who all
3: is
0: on stage I believe, tonight?
3: I believe the same crew. Um, everyone minus Tom Steyer. I believe it's the same The same six individuals, so that would be um, Bernie Sanders, the frontrunner, Joe Biden, the number two, Michael Bloomberg, the billionaire, Elizabeth Warren, the Native American, and uh, Amy Klobuchar, who I think a lot of people are starting to see some hope in because she's not as extreme as the others, though she pretends to be. I think everyone tries to pretend they're a huge leftist to get attention of the, the progressive AOC wing of the party, but her Voting record and her positions in Minnesota have been fairly moderate, um, and she's the only one who seems to be a reasonable compromise. Um, Bernie's Bernie. The Democrat Party can't nominate him. They're trying hard to get rid of him. Poor Joe Biden. (laughs) At this point, it's not even funny. You listen to him on the debate. He just made a comment in South Carolina. Uh, My name is Joe Biden, and I'm running for Senate, and if you don't like me, then you can vote for the other Joe Biden. And everyone oh kind of their head and said, "I didn't hear that.
1: Now I heard oh, he got, there's... you know, I heard he got ar- arrested in Africa. And I think if we'd all known that, we'd have sent him a cake or something, you know. He put a file in it to get out.
3: <laughs> yeah, he... So Joe Biden just doesn't have the wherewithal um, to continue. Um, and and, and it's that think...
1: Something's wrong, and and somebody should yeah. tell him, Joe, you're you need to get out. Uh, let's Absolutely. go retire and uh, get the stress off of you. It's a lot of stress. I know, mean, I don't know if he's really dealing with uh, uh, elderly mental issues or if it's just the stress and the lack of sleep that's on the campaign trail, but it's proof he can't put up with being a president. I see Joe. Joe has always been somebody that just gets by. He's kind of a phony. Yes. He's not kind of. He is a phony. He's always just yes. said whatever was in that moment. But now it's not working. He's going to have to step up, and I don't think he's at a point in his life where he can.
3: No, I think that's very well said, and, and you're right. He has a, a four-year Senate career without really anything of a significance, anything of accomplishment. And quite frankly, the only reason why he was vice president for eight years is because this upstart young African-American socialist senator from Chicago no one ever heard of Needed to show the Democrats, no, look, I'm just like you, so much so that I'll bring on the most boring, insipid member of your <laughs> establishment, and that's why it was Joe Biden. Most <laughs>
2: Um
3: I don't think in a similar scenario, I don't think Bernie Sanders has that sense of compromise. Say what you want about Bernie, but he is a true believer in his socialism, and he gets the nomination which i believe he will he's not going to pick my prediction i have another prediction for you which i'm excited to share later on but my one prediction is i don't think he will pick someone like amy klobuchar i think he will pick someone as radical because that's in his core
0: belief
1: oh absolutely 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 we have a call it's going to be a little bit off topic but i want to go ahead and take it if you don't mind we have tim from iowa tim how are you today
2: Oh, Priya. How are you doing, Beth? Yeah, it's a little um, bit off topic, but you're talking about things that have happened this week. So, uh, what I wanted to really talk about now, Trump went to uh, India here the yeah, other day yeah. and had a had a great event there. And uh, what I kind of noticed about this whole thing that's kind of interesting. Is nobody's talking about it much, but there is a truth in Afghanistan right now, which is America's longest war, and we're we're we the United States is trying to develop a a treaty with the Taliban and uh, uh, they don't Afghanistan really doesn't have a seat at the table so I think it's kind of interesting and um, if you watch uh, Daniel have you ever seen the series Homeland? I have not no
1: me
3: either. Yeah. Well, what's
2: interesting <laughs> this week, the episode was all about negotiating a truce with the Taliban.
1: <laughs>
2: the CIA show. And it's kind of interesting. It and was. It one is interesting. thing the negotiator for the CIA said to the Afghani native who's a Taliban head was, he said, and they're sitting in Pakistan, he said, oh, I want to go home. And he says, well, you know, the Pakistanis are actually leaving you hostage here. He says, work out a deal with us so you can go home, because you're you're trapped here. The Pakistanis, essentially, uh, you're a hostage to them. And I thought it was interesting. Trump's over there trying to, we had a big event with India, and it's going to be interesting to see how that all breaks out, because we could have, down the road here, we could have a major, major treaty, and the Afghanistan situation might might be solved.
1: That would be a fantastic, wouldn't it? It, it was. I'm going to say this. This event in India has been huge, huge, huge event. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Yeah. I appreciate the call. Yeah. I, that's my. You know, I do impersonations once in a while. Daniel, that was pretty much it. <laughs> it was. It was
3: spot on as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I think your caller makes some interesting points. Um, two things that stand out to me about the India. Uh, um, visit of President Trump, and I'm going back to my days when I was at the State Department and the Bush administration. Um, okay. One is we need a large country, one of those countries that has millions and hundreds of millions of people for a lot of our supply chain. Uh, you know, I hope every single job from China comes back to America. In reality, it's probably not going to. And that's tragic. But wouldn't you rather have one of those 100,000-person Apple factories in India, rather than have it in China, India is a true democracy. And it's got its internal problems. Of course it does. Oh, yeah. Most countries do. So I think there's a trade issue there that's a kind of a check to China saying, hey, look, buddy, um, we don't like you. You're a communist dictatorship with tremendous human rights abuses, and you are a lying, fraudulent Devaluing your country, uh, stealing intellectual property—we don't. There's no reason for us to be friends with China other than they can't. We don't want to go to war. But mm. I think if we could move some of our infrastructure or our our supply efforts to India rather than China would be great. And secondly, I think your your caller makes an interesting point about the Taliban. China, uh, India's longtime rival is Pakistan. Pakistan had Osama bin Laden for a long time and didn't even tell us. Oh, yeah. that Pakistan is not necessarily our friend. No. And no. I think that kind of puts radical Islam, which is still very much home, uh, has a home in Pakistan. I puts that it puts them on check. So I think the president, like you call us, made a great strategic play going to India.
1: I think he did too. And, and I was amazed, and I don't, I didn't watch a whole lot of the mainstream media, but it. It wasn't on, at least on some of the other things that I do kind of see where they chime in. I didn't see them making a big deal out of it, and it was, it was huge. <laughs> I mean, the, the crowds that were there, and I don't believe they were forced to be there. They might have. I don't know. But, I mean, it was just astronomical, the reception that he and Melania had there. You know, if you listen, we, to, if we listen to the Democrats, everybody around the world hates this man. But that's not the case. That's not what I see when he travels.
3: No, not at all. And I think the Indian people, um, definitely their prime minister, <laughs> has a real affection <laughs> for this president. And I think they realize what a good partner we could be. India, like I said, has its internal problems, and it has its geopolitical problems. But they are, they are much better off being a friend of America than they are being a friend of. Of, of china or pakistan uh to their to their west so yeah. i think the president again th- this is i think the president's frustration with the media and the establishment is i think he is genuinely frustrated angry and maybe even emotionally hurt as we all would be that they don't give him any credit for being the slightest bit good at his job because he's got a huge personality and he's bombastic and he's vulgar and all of that you know you can say whatever you want about the president But he has some really good strategies and some really good moves, and I think the fact that they never even slightly give him a hat tip and say, you know what, Mr. President, that was smart. I think that gets under his skin more than anything else.
1: He's a chess player, I do believe. I don't know if he really literally plays chess, but he obviously thinks these things ahead of time. He didn't just plan that trip to India. That was thought out ahead of time. And and uh, this uh, ceasefire that they're uh, negotiating with the Afghan, with the Taliban, it's, uh, it's not by accident. I think he plans ahead with what he's doing, his strategies. We're headed into a break. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann, and the sponsor of our show is Daniel Turner with Power the Future. That's Power the Future. We need all the power we can get in our future, and we need some common sense, and that's what he brings to the table, and we will be right back.
0: <laughs> I lay my heart on his chest. Your
1: You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're visiting today with Daniel the Turner of Power of the Future. Visit his website. Lots of good stuff there. He he writes articles and posts them up there, and he does op-eds for new, Fox News. You can go to com. That's com. I'm holding one of your most recent articles. Uh, the ban on fracking would mean higher costs and unemployment and CO2 emissions. <laughs> And one of the phrases in this says, banning fracking will likely lead to unemployment and higher prices for heating, electricity and gasoline, and even more emissions. Bad outcomes for politicians running for office. Now, Every time we have one of these Democrat debates, and yes, I'll watch at least part of it tonight until, you know, I kind of want to see them beat each other up. Now they're kind of going at each other. It's a little more entertaining. But uh, every one of them wants to ban fracking, pretty much. Now, Buddha Judge, I think, kind of backed off on that, trying to be the moderate in the group, going that direction the other night. But they're all about this new Green Deal and the existential threat on this nation. Keep pushing that lie. And any of us that don't believe it are you know terribly bad people. So I expect to hear more of that tonight, and I appreciate what you do getting the truth about that out there. I really do.
3: Well, thank you and and I think it's it's unbelievable that they are pushing this as a campaign platform because oh yeah, um, in in some of these really key swing states there are hundreds of thousands of people who directly work in fracking. They go to job every day and they work on oil and gas platforms that were fracked. And and when I mean hundreds of thousands, I mean in in Ohio, it's close to 200,000. In Pennsylvania, it's over 300,000. Those states we always talk about when it comes to winning the nomination in 2020. Uh, Across the country, it's 4 million people directly work in fracking. And if you extrapolate that to include... People who have to service equipment because machinery needs lubricants, and they have salesmen, and you have to buy uniforms, and those people have to eat. Right? When you include all of that, we're close to 15 million people who would who would be out of a job if a fracking ban went through. Let alone what it would do to national security because of oil and gas gluts, Right? We are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're blessed right now with an amazing abundance of energy, and also a mild winter has contributed to that. At least on the East Coast, it's been mild. I know the Rockies and, and the North have gotten pretty beat up with, with cold and snow, but in the East Coast, it's been very mild, and we are a big consumer of oil and gas for heating purposes. And so uh, I think oil was down today, at least last I saw, close to around $50 a barrel. That's Almost as low as you can get, uh, quite honestly. And that translates into heating bills, electric bills, prices at the pump, etc. cetera. Um, specifically for Bernie Sanders, who's saying, I'm going to ban fracking. Oh, and Fidel Castro was a great guy. How he wants to win Florida with the Fidel Castro comments and how he wants to win Ohio and <laughs> Pennsylvania with the fracking comments. Who's
1: running this campaign, Bethan? <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, he <laughs> I don't know. Some of uh, uh, some of Bloomberg's people been helping him because Bloomberg sure didn't take very good <laughs> notes. Uh, I mean, he had to have known they were going to go at him, and and the hypocrisy is probably every one of those people up there on the stage have has had uh, lawsuits against them and had people sign these papers that say we won't speak about it. <laughs> You know, and, uh, you know, I know that uh, Liz Warren did because she worked for a large company that dealt with uh, the women's breast implants. And I know that they had lots of lawsuits there, and I'm certain they had lots of women signing papers there. And, uh, you know, but that doesn't get mentioned. He wasn't ready for the attacks. I actually... I actually thought he did better than I thought he would do, but that's me because I I thought I really didn't know what to expect out of him. But when he went back at Bernie about his three houses and a millionaire with three houses and and talking all about socialism, Bernie got mad. That's the thing about Bernie. Anytime you push him in a corner, he gets angry and he gets red in the face and he gets mad. You know, how dare you talk about my wealth? (laughs)
3: You know that's a wonderful observation, and that's something I think the president in, in the general will exploit when he becomes the nominee. If you recall, okay. months ago we talked about this on your show when he did one of those Fox town halls, and Brett Baer said, "Well, Senator Sanders, you want the tax rate to be X, um, which is much higher than you currently pay. If you think that's such a good idea, why don't you pay it now?" And Bernie huffed and puffed, and he said, "Well, I want you to do pay more taxes." And, and, and so Bernie does have very thin skin when you oh, yeah. question the hypocrisy in his own life. I think President Trump just needs to point out how many private jets he takes. I, I tweeted the other day um, after the Nevada caucus was done. I love your tweet. He ordered a jet. Thank you so much. He boarded a jet from Nevada, from from Las Vegas, and went to um, El Paso, Texas. And then from El Paso, he went to San Antonio. Combined, that's close to 1,300 miles. And he did it within the same day. He didn't walk, right? He didn't even take a bus because you can't get that far in a day. He flew, and he flew private. And so Bernie's campaign is a huge thank you to the benefits, the blessing Of a robust fossil fuel industry Um, he's just too arrogant and too stupid to admit it but but he his actions say thank you
1: you know the only one that hasn't complained or griped or pointed out that he was cheated in 2016 is Bernie Sanders Mm -hmm. have you ever noticed that he doesn't talk about very true he walked away a wealthier man paid cash for his third home and and his people he just walked away you heard very little from him after that. Now here he is running for president. So even if they cheat him out again, he's not going to say anything because he's better off. And you know, how that's can somebody a, that's that thin-skinned lead a country? How can that?
3: That's a very good point. Very good point. Um, and and uh, along those lines about Bernie, this is my, my other prediction that I think is seven okay. months <laughs> out. Yes, but we'll come back in a couple months and see if I am right. And if if he wins the nominee, what it looks like he will, the level of violence against the Trump campaign, the Trump supporters, uh, Trump headquarters will be unprecedented because Bernie bros, as they are called, have an incredibly violent and angry streak in them. Um, They just had to fire one of their field operators because the comments he made on Twitter were not just – Offensive or insightful. They were just flat-out Horrifying that a young man Mm -hmm. would say these things um, Recognizing he works for a political organization Um, It was a Bernie Sanders supporter granted an extreme one who shot Steve Scalise and the Republicans who were playing baseball Um, Bernie Mm -hmm. Sanders supporters overwhelmingly make up the, the, the political beliefs of Antifa movements across the country so when Bernie is the nominee and he's getting destroyed in the polls because he's a lunatic socialist communist and America wants no part of it, his fans will react with nothing but incredible violence. And I think we will see violence that we haven't seen since the 68 convention. There will be cars torched. There will be windows smashed because that is the Bernie's. That's communism in a nutshell. They are violent, hostile people.
1: Do you believe Antifa is followers of Sanders?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if they are followers of anybody, um, you know, they may say they're just pure anarchists, but at the core of Antifa is someone like Bernie Sanders, um, who has just a burn-it-down mentality. Uh, You have, therefore I don't have, and I am going to take it from you by force.
2: Um, You know,
1: Buttigieg backed him up uh, on... Backed him in the corner, not backed him up, on that, on the last debate, talking about the violence. And, of course, he said, I "Don't violence, da, 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 you know. But, of course, we have seen that that's the case. And I think you're absolutely right. If if that happens, if they allow him to have this, um, we will uh, see the violence higher. Yeah. I think you're right on that. I hear music. We're headed into the break, and this will be the final segment when we come back. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. We're visiting today with Daniel Turner of Power the Future. Visit his website, powerthefuture.com. That's powerthefuture.com. He does an awful lot of work, provides an awful lot of information for you, and it's, and it's good information. Powerthefuture.com. And Daniel and Beth Ann will be right back.
0: business owner, when was the last time you asked yourself if you have the right commercial insurance coverage? You need business insurance to protect everything you're building. One disaster without the right insurance could hurt your business, and larger deals you're trying to close may require that you have it. We recommend CoverWallet for all your business insurance needs. In just two minutes, with their award-winning technology, they can offer you free competitive quotes from top insurance carriers nationwide. CoverWallet has helped Tens of thousands of businesses, startups, restaurants, truckers, construction companies, landscaping companies, beauty salons, consultants, and they can help you. No business is too big or too small. And it's a free call to find out. Protect your business. Get the right insurance for your business. Call Cover Wallet right now. 800-220-7612. 800-220-7612. That's 800-220-7612.
1: Liberty Tabletop brings liberty to your table. For those of you who want to display your patriot heart, set your table with liberty. Our founding fathers knew that the heartland would be coveted by those who want the land and its resources or hated by those who simply do not understand its value. It is that simple. And yet today, the humble folks in the heartland are losing jobs and feeling the pressures from an out-of-control bureaucracy as well as outsiders with agendas. From the heartlands of America come our food, manufacturing, and our energy. CSC Talk Radio is a voice crying from the heartland and standing up for rural America. And so is Power the Future. Power the Future is a unique foundation established to be the voice for rural American energy jobs. Daniel Turner is a strong advocate pushing against those who would like to punish rural folks and take their jobs for the sake of climate change, for the land and its wealth. I'm proud to be a part of Power the Future and bring Daniel Turner here to you. Our future depends on it. Let's power the future as we bring America home to common sense jobs and give our rural families a voice. Visit PowerTheFuture.us. Us is the way to bring America home.
0: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets, but up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bedsheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else.
1: The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors. And like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can get your very own by calling 1-800-978-6168 and use the promo code Bethann to get 30% off plus free shipping. We have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Joe We're in the final segment of today's show. It's the fastest hour of the day, especially when you're having fun, and we always have fun when Daniel's with us. Uh, Power of the Future. Daniel Turner, PoweroftheFuture.com. I'm encouraging everyone to go and visit there and, and look at the articles that he has written. Um, Daniel, we're in the final segment. I'm going to just kind of turn it over to you and you kind of tell us what's going on. We'll we'll get you back here in a couple of weeks and talk about more more stuff. But uh, what's been going on? I know you've been doing an awful lot of traveling again. And uh, just just kind of clue us in as to what's really going on. Are we making some progress? I think we are. but
3: I think we are. Um, and I think part of what Power of the Future is trying to do is demonstrate um, how good things are. And establish a little bit of that sense of, do we really want to take a risk and go back, right? Do we really want to forego, uh, um, what stable energy means to our, to our country, to our electric grids, to our pocketbooks and wallets, et cetera? Um, sometimes when you are, you know, there's that, that expression, I don't really even like it, but that, Common, you mistake the uh, uh, you can't find the forest because of all the trees type deal, and sometimes the biggest problem in a, in, in our wonderful America is we don't realize how good things are, and mm. uh, a, a sense of I, don't, I I really hesitate to even call it socialism. I think it's the desire to be a better person and and have a better world creeps in, and it really is socialism. And people say, yeah, it's not fair that. You know there is poverty in America, and it's not right that there is a homeless problem. And it's and and I agree with all those sentiments, but the solution to that is not punishing um, the energy industry, punishing individuals with higher taxes. The solution for making the world a better place is not found in in harming people um, who are just acting as free citizens. Um, case in point of that is President uh, a presidential candidate, Mike Bloomberg. I um, mean, he he scares me tremendously because a he has billions of dollars to spend on his campaign. He has spent, said he would spend up to two billion dollars. Now, just to remember, Hillary Clinton only raised a little bit more than one billion last year. He would spend twice that amount, um, and it's his personal wealth. So he scares me for that because he's an unstoppable force. But he also scares me because he does under the guise of. I want America to be your better place, he does feel that there is nothing wrong with infringing on individuals' rights, human liberty, human nature to a certain extent, and that is that is a scary prospect um, for what we do. He, he doesn't like coal, so he wants to shut down coal. Um, he has spent $650 million in the past decade to shut down coal, and he brags about how he has shut down half of the coal plants in America. All last week, I was in the coal community of Northwest New Mexico, talking to Navajo, talking to people who are from New Mexico, who are fourth, fifth generation coal miners, and you see what has happened when he shuts down coal: how plans, uh, how, how towns are destroyed, how communities lose a sense of hopelessness how opioids are through the roof how um, uh, mortgages are underwater because everybody wants to leave the town of Farmington but to whom are they selling their house no one's moving there The, the plant is gone right the coal the coal mine is being shut down and the coal plant is being shut down and and if you have your savings invested in a down payment on a house you're not going to leave it. That's your only investment. So what do you do, right? And these communities are found all across America, and folks like Mike Bloomberg are comfortable with that level of suffering because, in their mind, it's for the better good of the whole. And that's not America. That's not Christianity. Um, well, I guess he's not Christian, so maybe that doesn't argument doesn't <laughs> that work.
1: Doesn't um, but if they're pretending <laughs> to make things better then before they shut something down, they ought to have an alternative. And they're just going in and shutting them down without an alternative, something that's better, something that's going to replace it. They're just shutting it down. So it's okay to leave all these people and all these all these adults without jobs and these children without any way of, you know, their parents can't take care of them. I mean, what kind of a make it better is that? It's not. It's exactly just, you know, making noise. And making and, and he work. does
3: that under the guise of the climate, right? And we have to protect the climate oh, yeah. and climate change and which we all know is a false argument and we can talk about China, we can talk about the global community if it's if there is such a thing as as climate change, how what we do in America is negligible. But that said, um uh coal is just the beginning because now he wants to go after natural gas and he said it he started a new campaign with the sierra club not beyond coal but beyond carbon and they are targeting natural gas and look at the amount of cities in america that have banned natural gas and new housing construction we've talked about this on your show natural gas pipelines being blocked in uh, uh massachusetts new york uh north carolina minnesota Right, uh, natural gas is illegal in 50 new uh, 50 cities across California. Um, that's that's phase two, and so those are the people who work in the natural gas industry. And then I'll go after oil. And then what's next on his chopping block? And from the energy perspective, and listening to your your wonderful other wonderful sponsor. Um, that works in the animal industry that could mm-hmm. potentially be next because Michael Bloomberg knows what's better for you than you do and as president he will force you to live his better life whether you like it or not. Um, he is the one I am focusing on. It's fun to make fun of Biden and Sanders and um, but but Bloomberg is the one who genuinely scares me because he has the money to do it and he has the sort of cold, Kantian indifference, uh, that this is just, this, it's, it's its a discipline. I don't care if people suffer in the process. This is what we're going to do. Um, people's rights, communities, families be damned. And he's watching it happen, and it hasn't fazed him once. Um, well, because so he's the hasn't one who genuinely scares me. A,
1: as long as it doesn't hurt him, he's okay with it. As long as his bottom line yeah. still is good, and of course he's got a lot of uh, a lot of extra on top to throw away uh, without feeling any pain. But the American people aren't like that. The coal miners no. they may make a good living as long as they're working, but they're not millionaires. But they can take care of their families. That's all Americans want to do is to take care of their families and have a little bit to go. You know, that's all they want. They're not all out to be millionaires and billionaires. We want. To be able to be independent, big government is not making us independent, and socialism is not about an independent, free people. never has been, never will be Bernie, and uh, it just infuriates me when I watch him do that and Bloomberg, I think you 're right, he's somebody to to fear because he has no conscience. I hear the music, Daniel. <laughs> Our it hour impossible have gone
0: by already.
1: How is that <laughs> possible? I don't know. Fastest hour of the day. I think we get cheated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so always. much. And if you can call in on Friday, if you can't, just give me a text and let me know you're flying overhead or something. Okay. Take care on your travels. I'm praying for you every step of the way, every every mile, and appreciate everything that you're doing to bring America home. Thank you, and we will be back tomorrow.